Welcome to The Scoop, the Southern California Underground Utility Partnership, where we talk about everything utilities with industry pros. Hear from the experts about breaking into the industry, learn from their experiences, and get the inside scoop. I'm your host, Ruben Murillo. What's the scoop? Hello, and welcome to the Scoop Podcast. This morning, we have Ralph Messett Jr. coming to us from the city of Lake Elsinore. Ralph serves as the emergency services manager for the city, and on today's episode, Ralph will share how he plans and prepares staff for emergency disasters and what his unique role is during an emergency. All right. Good morning, Ralph. Good morning. Hey, thanks a lot. We appreciate you joining us this morning. And uh, first of all, I really want to thank you. Um, I really appreciate you doing this. Again, I know that you're a busy man. And again, especially what you do, we just talked about briefly before uh, we started recording is, uh, you know, there is no off season in what you do. So I know that you are forever uh, busy and, you know, a, a very important uh, role in, you know, the city there. So thank you. No, it's it's an honor. Appreciate it. Thank you. Cool. All right, Ralph. Well, let's get into it. All right. Um, go ahead and please share with the uh, listeners. Uh, what an emergency service manager is. So pretty much it's uh, it's like an event planner. And I always refer it to, if you know what FEMA is, that's pretty much what I am. I am FEMA, but for the city of Lake Elsinore. Yeah. So pretty much a party planner to stay in just, you know, so everyone kind of understands. We coordinate, we plan, we prepare. We, we prepare for the worst, hope for the best, obviously. Yeah. We try to mitigate. Mitigate, what I mean by that is like, we can't stop Mother Nature, right? Um, but we can try to to lessen the impact right. um, to critical infrastructures, like, you know, whether if it's a, a building, it could be, you know, a utility uh, infrastructure um, or anything that we have that's, you know, vulnerable. Or yeah. So, so definitely that's what we do. Um, try to manage staff, try to set kind of like a military structure mm-hmm. or just having a structure in place. Yeah. Having people just report to certain individuals yeah. and just, you know, not everybody overstepping, you know, yeah. their bounds or, or just taking, you know, multiple um, orders from different others. Just so have a structure in place. We have um, five sections in emergency management. Mm-hmm. We have our, our management section, which are like, you know, basically the ones that are approving plans and whatnot. Underneath that, we have our general staff, which is we have our operations, which is our doers. And then we have our planners. They're pretty much uh, do all the planning, thinking and whatnot. We have our logistics section. <laughs> They're bringing the stuff in, anything that planning and ops needs, and obviously anyone else. And then we have our finance, pretty much showing us the money, right? Yep. What, what, what we can and cannot spend, yeah. So and where we're at. So For sure. All right, real quick, Ralph, for the listeners out there that don't know what FEMA is. FEMA is basically the Federal Emergency Management Agency. Uh, obviously, it's uh, governed by the federal government. They're pretty much helping everyone out there um, as at, at the federal level. You yeah. Know? Um, for us, we have, um, for California and California only, um, we have uh, Cal OES, which is California Office of Emergency Services. Okay. So for us, uh, meaning every city, special districts, local government would pretty much handle their emergency and then go to the county. And then from the county, they would go to the state. And then from the state, governor would go into, you know, send in help to yeah. the president for federal declaration. And so then that's where that group comes in, which is FEMA. Which yeah. And I can see how you mentioned earlier how um, it's structured kind of like the military. We're assuming that your communication is going to be key and probably one of the most 
important components of what you guys do and also just that everybody knows the rule you know so people are not overstepping and this is how things you know did there can be a big disconnect especially in an Correct. emergency situation you know yeah very so. critical all right so um i know you kind of touched on it but if you can please share what the city's emergency planning strategy uh responsibilities what plans out- outlines and then if you can break down the range of emergencies that your plan outlines the city of lake elsinore we're responsible for for managing every incident and just having all emergency plans in place we do have an emergency operation plan what we call an eop and that pretty much spells out everything and now as far as disasters every disaster that would hit here yeah. obviously tsunami is not something that's going to hit lake elsinore yeah unless the you know the lake decides to make <laughs> <laughs> it have strong currents you know that right <laughs> so so pretty much we're talking wildland fires earthquake yeah cybersecurity, storm, and then this new one that we just recently got, the pandemic. We, yeah. We've talked about it before, but we now we just, you know, with COVID, definitely a big part. What we do is we plan for everything. We do have plans in place. We implemented what roles and responsibilities, resources. And in, as far as like when I'm talking resources, we're talking like mutual aid agreements with yeah. other neighboring cities, mm-hmm. special districts like yourselves, yeah. and then just also contractors as well, mm-hmm. you know, because obviously we have our public works yeah. group. So, um, you know, vendors and whatnot so we, we try to put stuff in place and just have that in case of emergency because obviously if we do have a disaster right now we don't want to scramble and try to get all that stuff in so that's one of the main points why we have those emergency plans in place um yeah we have just recently well it's, it's been some time now um, that we've put together uh, yeah a mutual agreement with rancho yes. and um yeah you know I, th- I think that was probably one of the better and smarter things that we've you know done for our agency you know yes. and, and and for them as well you know we've already called upon them and relied on them so shout out to uh, rancho you know for Definitely. coming through for us yeah and i think that's something you know all you know government agencies or local agencies should be doing correct you know so yeah uh do you have a designated command center at the city uh, yard and uh how is it activated in by whom? So we currently are building our own standalone emergency operations center. Okay. What we call EOC, obviously. Yeah. We have our public works yard buildings at where we have one, and then we have a secondary at one of our fire stations as well. Oh, okay. And we do, you always want to have a secondary just because you just don't know, right? And then you always want to keep it away from any type of critical infrastructures. A place where we can have staff come in and out, resources come in and out as well. How would we activate that? So let me give you an example. So let's just say we do have a fire at McVicker. If fire is not able to handle it, you know, with the crew that they have out there, they give us a call and they said, hey, we need to bring in more. Our ELC is activated. And that would be myself along with the city manager and the assistant city manager. We would definitely make that decision, you know, get staff in, bring in what we need. Obviously, we're not going to fully staff it immediately. We're going to bring in what we need um, at that time. When it gets to a point where we're getting close to depleting the resources that we have for the city, because obviously city's got to run day-to-day operations, yeah. um, then that's when we reach out to the county. Ralph, so when's the last time that you were in active emergency response regarding any of the emergencies outlined earlier that you mentioned? I've been with the city since uh, August of, uh, of last year, uh, 2022. Um, before that, I was with the Riverside County Emergency Management Department. I was with them for about seven years as an emergency service coordinator. Before that, I was in Imperial Irrigation District. I was the emergency manager there for about 10 years. The last incident that I've been activated is back last year well, when I was with the county. Obviously, wildland fires, I'm not really counting COVID because obviously we were all virtual. Yeah. everywhere mm-hmm. but wildland fires basically were all over the place holy fire was one which we're all familiar with cranton fire tanaha fire helped out marietta uh, city 
okay. went into their EOC and, yeah. and uh, you know, try to get them situated and whatnot and just, you know, guide them and just, you know, so we can respond. Our main goal, obviously, is, is life and then, you know, property. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Well, with that being said, um, Ralph, uh, is there an experience that you were involved uh, or responded to where you've been in a situation where you had to make a decision where maybe, you know, lives or property depended on it? Is there anything that you can share, like a story maybe of any of these events? So I'm going to go back to uh, 2015, back to my IID days mm-hmm. uh, in Prorogation District. Um, there was the EF1 tornado in Mecca, which is in the Coachella Valley. Yeah. We had uh, numerous homes that were destroyed, power lines that were down, over three miles worth of the transmission distribution lines. We had people that were trapped in their homes, and so definitely we just decision was made where had to shut down the freeway which was the 86 expressway gave CHP a call and just let them know that hey this is we got to do this before people get you know lines live lines were actually on the freeway um, made that decision to just have the lights on as far as the vehicles and just block traffic and then just immediately shut down have troubleshooters shut down the, the power and just trying to get people out immediately it's very critical to just shut down power a lot of people don't understand that I think they think um, you know we can just flip a switch but working in that industry just understanding that there could be a lot to it mm-hmm. because if you do shut the power off what if there's someone who's on bed rest you know on a ventilator and whatnot then you know you come to a situation mm-hmm. so those are things that we look at um, with plans mm-hmm. we do have that at our disposal so researched that right away made that decision and got those individuals out safely no luckily nobody got hurt there was one vehicle due to the ef1 tornado that um yeah. that got flipped over but no injuries whatsoever so and I'm sure that makes it all the more um, satisfying, you know, when you get through something like that. Oh, definitely. Like you said there are no fatalities or injuries or anything like Correct. that. So, you know, it makes, you know, what you do all the more th- the wa- worth the while, you know, definitely. at the end of it. All right. Does the city run exercises that initiate emergency plans? And if so, how often does this happen? So we do. We just did a training with the emergency operation group. We do have an org chart specifically for that. So you have your day-to-day work, but yeah. then you also have roles and responsibilities mm-hmm. for the EOC. We try to do two exercises a year and that's just because people are not really going to get familiar with their role and just want to keep that fresh in their mind just to make sure it's just kind of like a like a fire drill you know when we were kids Mm -hmm. so so we did have a an eoc training an emergency operation training with staff this coming up month we are going to have what we call a tabletop exercise our scenario is going to be based on a El Nino year. Okay. Just because we are going to have a El Nino year this year. Yeah. So want to prepare just in case we do have storms and whatnot, what we're going to do. So tabletop is going to be basically a discussion, picking their brains, getting their deep, darkest secret as yeah. far as their work, what, what they're afraid of, identifying those gaps, and then just trying to, you know, figure out a way how to find a solution. Well, will this go out to the employees that will be involved, uh, the, like the scenario shared beforehand? or So these are basically, so EOC staff is basically the decision makers. Yeah. So it would be like management, uh, soups, and whatnot. So yeah, okay. no, definitely. So after this tabletop, we will try to do a functional exercise yeah. where not only are we doing it in the ELC, but we will also have a field uh, response as well. Yeah. So right. we'll have radio chatter and whatnot. Oh yeah. And Very have, cool. Have them set up like an incident command post out in the field. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we we uh, participate in the uh, Great Shakeout every year. Correct. And, um, 
October, right? Yes. Yeah, in October. The, the scenarios change every year. And what, what it is is, like right. you mentioned, you know, the managers and admin, they go to our EOC and they'll shoot out these scenarios on the radio. And it's completely surprised. You oh, know, yeah. it's the staff out there. So and right. it's giving them the opportunity to see if they can problem solve and what they do. Right. Obviously, the, the feeling's not going to be the same because you're not put under that same kind of stress level, like if as it is really happening. But right. at least it gets the wheels rolling and them having to, to, to think or improvise, you know, what's the next plan or Correct. what I got to do so. And how often, um, Ralph, do you think agencies should be participating in exercises like this? It's recommended to view it every two years or twice a year. Okay. Obviously, if you have a disaster that happens within that year, mm-hmm. that does that definitely does count for one because you d- definitely are exercising everything that you're, you know, that you're trained for. But it, it's, it is recommended to try to do two a year. How did you get into the emergency services um, uh, career? You know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, uh, before we got on, uh, I started with uh, Imperial Irrigation District. I was in the water department, and uh, I definitely wanted to, you know, make a difference as far as the community and whatnot. Office of Emergency Management for Imperial Irrigation District opened up, and so they asked me if I want if I was interested in doing any paperwork, and I'm like, yeah, sure. So I started out with the uh, recovery portion of it, which was the finance section, and did all the auditing and whatnot, putting a package together, submitted to the state, and then also to the federal government. They basically said it was it was one of the best. Packages they saw so I went from there I went started doing taking the uh, the trainings with the state um, and then taking some of the federal training as well for emergency management and I just you know I started liking it more mm-hmm. like you know they were just kind of feeding me it and yeah. so uh, I enjoyed it I took on it believe it or not I I never liked to speak and I never liked to write when, when I was in school obviously so look at me now I'm just doing it yeah very <laughs> but, cool but it, pretty much that's how I just jumped into it the helping of people just yeah. making sure everyone's safe at all times it's a great feeling yeah very rewarding job really quick um what are some of the job requirements for emergency services coordinator like education experience certifications maybe definitely experience obviously you know just looking at it a lot of people think emergency managers are our first responders they are but behind the true first responders Mm -hmm. so first responders are basically law fire medical, you know, EMTs and whatnot, all utility companies to me are first responders and public works. So my job is basically uh, is to support them. So I'm a first responder behind them and just making sure that they've got everything they need to, to take care of what they need to take care of out there. So definitely being organized, having great communication skills, you know, not afraid to write plans, not afraid to um, to network, to communicate, definitely not afraid to communicate just yeah. with any level, Yeah. Um, whether it's at the lowest level to the highest level, even at the federal level. We're all people and we're just, you know, trying to get everything done and right. to try make sure everybody's safe. Education wise, there is a lot now that is out there. I've seen a, a lot more in the universities as far as emergency preparedness and emergency planning. I would not knock anybody who's going to do that, but definitely try to get some experience at, at the same time because that is going to be key. As far as certifications, you'll get that. But if you can, the FEMA website, mm-hmm. the Federal Emergency Management Agency, they do have an independent studies where you can actually take a couple classes in emergency management they'll get a certification from fema definitely help you out to, to, to get you in and this is something that you're able to take care of all online and all online. receive certifications yeah, for? Definitely. Oh, okay. So you'll, you'll register yourself in. They'll give you a, what they call an SIN number. It's mm-hmm. a student ID um, number that they give you. Pretty much like a social security number. Yeah. You want to keep that at all times because that tracks all your training that you have with them. It's like an independent study course. Oh, okay. Yeah. They will not tell you what questions you got correct.
checked or what questions, but it is they're pretty good at responding back whether you passed or not. Oh, okay. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. So, about how long? Like, are, are some of these courses that they have? Is it like something that you you would get done in a few weeks or a couple of days or a couple of hours? Um, depending on the individual. Oh, I got you. Yeah, one class could probably take you about two to three hours. Um, okay. Some people might take more, but it, it just all depends on an individual. All right, good to know. Real quick, I'm I'm sure I can guess just by listening to that you speak. Uh, but what are some of the uh, more important skills as an emergency services manager? Communication. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is definitely key, obviously. Yeah. Uh, networking, knowing your surrounding your surrounding partners. I came onto the city, like I said, in August. I immediately got to work as far as trying to get you know resources and just knowing who my partners are. I have a monthly meeting with all our neighboring cities and special districts, and just uh, what we do as emergency managers, just you know, go over events and stuff that we have, any type of trainings that anyone has wants to share. If anybody has any problems with like plans and stuff, then yeah. we try to help each other out. You know, basically that's all we do because in the disaster we're definitely going to be here we're the only ones that are going to be here you know right before we start reaching out to like the county and the state definitely networking communication looking at options understanding options and what i mean by that is like knowing back roads you might go down the 15 to go home but you understand there's those frontage roads there's those little back road winding roads definitely get very very familiar with that knowing the geography and the layout of the land sometimes definitely yeah Yeah, we've had it we had a during the holy fires coordinated efforts with the city but we lost a section of roadway gas line had failed water line had failed and we couldn't cross the road to get to our valves and everything else but we went through a, a channel and we took down a gate rolled it back and we were able to get access you know but again it's knowing that you have those spots that you're able to you know go to and get right. in you know Ralph does your position require 24 hours a day seven days a week service currently I, I'm the only one in my department right now so yes um, it doesn't mean that I'm at the desk 24 yeah. 7 but I am you know definitely ready to go if I get a phone call how about what is a common held belief about your role that you uh, disagree with you might have mentioned earlier about the uh, the role as uh, the, the responder versus the uh, like coordinator you know or I don't know. oh as a first responder every emergency manager um, they're, they're they are first responders behind the true first responders mm-hmm. I consider myself a support unit for the first responder yeah being am I a part of that group yeah I, I believe I am but I am a support to them. They are my true first responders, and yeah. and that's the way I, you know. Yeah. Just don't. I, I don't want to take that role away, you know, because yeah. they are they are our heroes out there, uh, and I'm I'm the hero behind them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Yep. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think it's well said, and I I'm sure that you know it gets a lot of respect back, you know, from those guys that 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 are playing that role. So you got the Pentagon. The Pentagon is basically you know managing the incident mm-hmm. and doing all what they need to do, and then you have your true soldiers out there you know whether it's seal team one or whatever taking yeah. care of business i'm the pentagon yeah <laughs> all right yeah and i like the seal team one thing right. right you know right <laughs> so how where, where do you self-educate and stay uh to help stay abreast of uh, forever updating and changing policies and procedures. Like, is there, you know, I know on the water side, we have to do uh, uh, continue education units and every couple of years and have those turned in. Is there something that you have to do to stay in your position or for what you do? So I'm a certified uh, emergency manager uh, through the state for the California. So um, I constantly take the classes over and over. Um, as far as um, there's mitigation classes, there's planning, operations, recovery, EOC sections. I am an instructor as well, so I do train. I'm a train staff from the EOC as well. I'm going to say every two years, I'm, di- I'm pretty much trying to get a refresher course. Um, there's a lot of things that are constantly changing, so yeah. just trying to get abreast. Every time there's a disaster, recovery changes 
Um, there, there's policies and procedures that, that change a lot, whether it's understanding how what to uh, submit for reimbursement or whatnot, um, and then what qualifies for reimbursement. You know, COVID's a huge one. Obviously, it was something that we just all didn't know, and there were certain things that we couldn't get for reimbursement back. Constant education is definitely is, is key, and that's something that I definitely, every two years, try to get a refresher course on, on what I've done. Is there a project, policy, or implementation that you've been a part of or even created on your own that you are most proud of? COVID. COVID yeah. respond for staffing. That was something I did for the city. Just their safety and then everyone else's safety. If they obviously if they were infected, you know what what are the r- roles and responsibilities? How can they come back? When can they come back? Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously I followed the California Department of Public Health, you know, guidelines along with CDC. So I, I know a lot of it wasn't publicized, but basically, you know, we're just giving up a simple phone call and trying to get working with public health with you know, Riverside County. So Ralph, is there something everybody in the industry should stop or start doing related? to emergency preparedness? I think just making sure staffs, you know, trained, know when to report back to an EOC when it's time. Giving a quick uh, refresher course as far as whether it's an EOC training or even a field training, letting them know their roles and responsibilities because obviously, you know, that's one of the reasons. It's a recommendation, like I said, the, the exercise twice a year. Yeah, just having that plan in place. What is the biggest challenge that the industry is facing concerning emergency preparedness? What's next? Just just being prepared, definitely. Prepared for everything. Every so often you'll hear the, hey, we're going to get the big one. Yeah. We haven't got the big one. Yeah. When's it going to happen? We, we don't know. We are in wild, uh, fire season right now. So, man, if you just had a small, mm-hmm. you know, 50 acre, 43 mm-hmm. acres, but um, Cal Fire, hats off to them. They do a great job, fabulous job out there, taking care of business. And then definitely just being prepared. We have we do have an exercise, a tabletop exercise. It is El Nino. And that's just basically me communicating with the National Weather Service. Mm-hmm. I, I communicate with them weekly just because I want to know what's going on, what's happening, what they see, the forecasts. Yeah. How about this, Ralph? Is is this something that's come up for you guys or something that you guys, I don't know if it even falls in this category for active shooter. Like preparing for this, you know, I was talking to my guys out there and we've sat in some of the training and, you know, just saying that out loud, it blows my mind that that's something that we have to prepare for. But I know we've sat in on a couple of them here now at the district, you know, and it's just wild to hear the stories and stuff like that. You know, it, it's, an, it's unfortunate to say that that's the way of life now, but mm-hmm. we we do got to be prepared yeah. and um and i constantly even on the the trainings that i do the mm-hmm. community emergency response training i do say you know situation awareness is key yes active shooter is definitely something that we need to be be on top of it is something training it is something that you know staff is is actually doing and we're we're, we're definitely looking into is um and just very very well aware and every agency should should yeah. have a plan in place yeah is there a challenge that uh, you or your team have solved in the past year? So the biggest challenge that I had was uh, putting a team in place, the ELC. So I do develop an org chart for our emergency operations center. It's a tough decision because you have managers and supervisors that you put in place and you might have people that are not gonna like it. When I did put it in place, there were some questions here and there, but then I immediately I had an exercise and that exercise basically explained the role and responsibilities of each each section. The ops, the planning intel, the logistics and the finance. Mm So I had an exercise at the end. And once I was done with the exercise, you know, they had to put everything on, a, on an easel and to present it. And once they were, each person presented for, for their group, after they were all done, they said, like, oh, look, you see, this is why I put you guys where you're at. Because look, ops, you get everything operational. Planning intel, they went into the weeds of everything, just like they do. You know, they're thinkers. Yeah. Logistics, all logistics stuff. They're bringing all the stuff in. Finance was everything cost driven from marketing to, you know, transportation and whatnot, but they just to the T. Mm -hmm. And then they obviously like 
wow. My job is basically to put the key people in there. Based on what you do on day to day, your expertise is where I'm gonna utilize you in. Mm -hmm. You might be working in community service, that's your day to day job, but I might have you doing mass care and shelter in the operations mm -hmm. because that's your that's your skill. So I take people out. It was interesting, but that it, that was a challenge. Yeah. But then, you know, when I got it done and set in stone and then, you know, they did that exercise, they were just like, you know what, this is great. Yeah. Perfect. Good job. So. Very cool. So identifying their strengths of your team. And Correct. Stuff. But what is on the horizon when it comes to the coolest innovations that you've seen related to the field? Is there, if anything, as well, you know? Paperless. Once the EOC um, that we have for the city is completed, everything, we're going to try to make it as much as digital as possible because that's the way of life now. iPads, iPhones, mm -hmm. tablets and whatnot. So just, you know, touch screen. So, so it's all going to be, you know, pretty much paperless. That doesn't mean we're going to go away from it. We'll have it as backup because you just never know. Technology can can fail. That's on the horizon for us. We're in the middle in that transition right now where we're moving from these the, the big heavy um, tough books, you know, the yeah. guys carrying the fields to possibly these uh, the laptops, the touch screens, just to streamline everything and right. make things quicker right. for the guys when they're you know they got to boot up and log on when they're in the field and they're uh, looking for. Uh, the water lines in the ground, valves, you know, and right. stuff like that. So, for, especially during an emergency. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, the little things like that can make a big difference, Huge you know, difference. just by default. Yeah. What do you enjoy about working as an emergency service manager coordinator? Definitely helping out people. Yeah. Um, just making sure that, you know, um, the city of Lake Elsinore is actually in good hands and, and we're going to do what we can to try to mitigate anything as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. As an emergency manager, that, that, that's one thing that I like. I like to be busy. I like yeah. to get things done and just helping people out, making sure everything's done. And then for those that uh, listeners that might have listened today and said, hey, man, that's something that I want to do. That's an avenue I want to I want to go. What do you recommend to those that want to get into your field of work just making sure you know they're not afraid to communicate from the lowest level to the highest level yeah. and that that's also you know with politicians i know some people are kind of afraid to talk to politicians and whatnot just you know be out there be you know be stern definitely being organized because that's that's key there too wanting to definitely help out everyone out there and just obviously your family comes first right yeah. after that that's pretty much always that's what i tell everyone even staff your family's first and then just report in yeah. and then let's let's do this but yeah. how about what do you wish everyone understood about your job you yourself make it easy i know a lot of people tell me they're like mm -hmm. hey you make you make it look like you're fine cool and calm and collective and and i think it's you know the years of experience and understanding you know my role and responsibility I will give you a little secret. Out of all the disasters that I've actually responded to, earthquake is the one that I'm extremely petrified. Yeah. I was involved in, in the 7.4 earthquake, Baja earthquake. Oh, okay. Yeah, in Imperial County. I was completely shaken inside. When I responded to the EOC, everyone said, you were fine. You were perfect. You were like the coolest person there. I was like, yeah. Inside, I was just very, very petrified. Earthquake to me is Mother Nature's telling me I need to get off her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I got to do what I got to do. Not only, you know, making sure the family's safe and everyone else is safe, but um, that's the little secret I'll, I'll let everybody know yeah. about myself. Are you are you not a native of California? I am. Oh, you are? Yeah. So you've grown up and you've experienced your whole life and still come correct the funny thing is i'm that same way too because the sound is terrifying i know people always go what I, for me i don't know i hear i can hear you can hear it. i can hear the rumbling and yeah. that's the only thing i concentrate on and that it that is super terrifying yeah because you know? again there's nothing you're going to do and you know nothing you can do it's going to do what it wants to do do you or the city participate in community outreach for emergency preparedness and if so what are some ways that this is happening the city would, would always
always do emergency preparedness month is actually September, obviously. So we're going to try to organize something at the uh, the uh, Lowe's parking lot. We're going to get that back up in place. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, we'll have pamphlets. We'll have, you know, handouts and whatnot. And we'll probably have some giveaways as well. And then we'll have different vendors along with, you know, hopefully neighboring cities, special districts like yourselves and whatnot. Um, just ed- educating the community always. I'll have um, another community emergency response team class um, that I'll have in the fall. I'll be posting that on the website as well. So. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Another thing I know that the city does, and my wife actually pulled this up, you guys provide on the on the city website is a emergency supply kit, like what you should be packing in Correct. for how many people and stuff. My wife made me go buy one of these. Um, it's like a 50-gallon barrel. Mm-hmm. It was from a hospital. The guy the guy who mm-hmm. was selling them, uh, there's like sterile barrels, and they got clasps on the top so they lock so dust doesn't get in and yeah. all that good stuff. But, yeah, we, we uh, she got that list from the city's website, which I thought was super cool. And she collected all that stuff, so we have that sitting. It moves around. Right. I, it, it's a little bit bulky, but again, if the chance ever came up that we had, unfortunate chance ever came up, we had to use it. At least that's there, so you know you take a little bit of a you know pride. You so, know. Okay. so that was one of my first um, things that I did is I, I put the same thing right yeah. up on, on the website yeah. immediately, just you know, just to make yeah. sure give you something real simple to start mm-hmm. off with. All right, Ralph, is there anything else that you'd like to add or think is necessary for the listeners to know? Just have a plan in place, making sure your family's secure at all times, and just understand that uh, we never know when an emergency is going to hit. We just got to be prepared for it. Understand that, you know, if we're at work, you know, our kids, our families at home, how are we going to communicate with them? I know technology is huge now. Social media is big now. Definitely uh, just having a plan in place, making sure your family's secure. Well, Ralph, that uh, concludes our uh, section of uh, What's the Scoop? This uh, last segment we're going to do is called The Inside Scoop, a little more uh, personal. Okay. So first question is, uh, what is one of the best things you look forward to hearing at work? It's going to be a great day. How about what is your biggest pet peeve? My biggest pet peeve? That the Lakers don't make the championship ever again. <laughs> yeah. I I'm a Celtics that. fan. Oh, <laughs> you're a California native and you're a Boston Celtics fan. So I'm going to tell you a story on that one. All right. My whole entire family is all Laker fan. My grandpa, I was three years old. He went to the store. Go get me uh, a jersey. Mm-hmm. No Laker jersey there. The only jersey in that store was just one, and it was a Larry Bird jersey. Oh, okay. Grandpa gave me the jersey, so I stuck yeah. to what he gave me, right? So There you go. That's right. Man dedicated to commitment. You know, it's funny. When I was a kid playing in the playground, this elementary, Larry mm-hmm. Bird days, you know, and, you know, you run up and you, everybody's playing, you know, you're like, Larry Bird, and they go do the layup or, you know, Jordan, you know, obviously we're too small to slam dunk, but, right. you know, everybody had a, a move, and any time they did, depending on what player it was, you know, you yell it out. But, yeah, he was he was big, you know. Yeah. Back, do you have a daily ritual that is necessary for you to begin your day? Coffee's got to be first. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. I know. I'm like, don't talk to me. I wake up especially early before my wife, before mm-hmm. anybody at home, so I can make my first cup of coffee and, you know, sit there alone. And once I'm done, ready to go. Oh, no, there's a race at, at home for me. It's yeah. either me or her, and she knows she tries to get up, and she mm-hmm. tries to make that coffee for me. But if not, it's her. Yeah. Either which way, I mean, it comes out good, but got to have that coffee. Yeah. <laughs> How about what is an accomplishment you're most proud of? You know, one big accomplishment that, I've, um, that I'm extremely proud of to actually hear with the city of Lake Elsinore is it's just building the EOC team and then 
building the team that I have with the neighboring cities. And I'm talking Menifee, Wildemar, Marietta, and Temecula, along with the special districts. You guys, Eastern, Rancho, Western. I mean, having that core. And then obviously mm-hmm. um, our first responders, you know, Cal Fire, like I said, you know, hats off to them for what they do. RSO, definitely. Um, CHP, definitely want to shoot out to to Border Patrol. Marietta Station has, has been a great help as well. Great resource. Mm-hmm. So so just all the, the, the partners, just yeah. building that team and just knowing that they're there and willing to help out at any time. So. What is a personality trait that you possess that has gotten you in the most trouble? There's tough times. I'm not going to say, you know, everyone yeah. has tough times here and there. But um, there's nothing that I have actually can say that has gotten me in trouble. As a child, what did you wish to become? I used to play sports a lot, you know, elementary, junior high, and high school. So my goal was actually to be, uh, be a professional basketball player. <laughs> went a different route, obviously, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, well, you can get the city to put you half court right next to your EOC <laughs> building, you know. Just tell them right before they finish, just, you know, <laughs> go ahead and, you know, keep going and put you half court there. And I, don't, I don't know if they're going to like that in the resident <laughs> if I put a shamrock in the middle, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted to play football as well. I did play football in high school as well. Um, so I, I am a Cowboy fan. Oh, no. <laughs> All the way around, Ralph. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get deleted. Yeah. <laughs> That is so funny. Yeah, usually you hear like um, everybody that usually from here that doesn't like the Lakers is usually a Clippers fan, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And the same thing, you know, anybody that don't like the Raiders out here in Cal- Southern California, it's like, you know, you got your Chargers, you know. So it's funny to hear both of the teams from complete other states. You know? I, I, I did like the Clippers when Doc Rivers was coach. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yep. But, yeah. yeah, so. Well, it gets the grain. You definitely like challenges then. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. All right, Ralph. Who's been your most favorite or best mentor throughout your career? I do call him from time to time. I do reach out to him every so often, um, and and um, he's still back in Imperial County, uh, and he still works for IID. He was actually the one who pretty much put me in the emergency management, um, and he thought that I would do excellent. His, um, his name is Mike Kemp. Um, he's a superintendent for uh, regulatory and compli- regulatory and environmental compliance. Okay. So. Um, he did have emergency services underneath him. Yeah. But yeah, so he pretty much told me, look, you got to be the face. Yeah, I got a lot of thanks to him. I, I definitely reach back to him every so often. Uh, my current boss right now, you know, Jason Simpson, the city manager, and then uh, Shannon Buckley, the assistant city manager. They're awesome. They're mm-hmm. great. They're, you know, great uh, people. I can definitely bounce things off them as well, be- regardless if they were my boss, even before. Yeah. I did bounce off a lot of stuff. On. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Own it. Yeah. Own it. So what you do is just own it, you know. Um, don't go back. Move forward. Try to fix it. Right. So it speaks well into your character. Correct. You know, and can open tons of doors. I tell my guys that all the time. Just own it. No, no reason to lie. No reason to. No smoke and mirrors. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Just own it. Own it. What is the most important lesson you've learned over the over your career? You'll never know everything. There's always something new. So yeah, yeah you know, recently one of my, our our board members here, Darcy Burke, she just shared something with me, and I I've shared it already like half a dozen times. And she we were talking, and she said to me, I don't know where the quote came from, but I I'm just quoting her what mm-hmm. she had said. But she said, I know what I know, and I know what I don't know. And I thought that was like it blew my mind. As simple as it is, it blew my mind. You know, and I share that with the guys all the time. You know, you got to know what you know, right. and also you have to know what you don't know. Right. Right. So we can get you there. So we can get you to, in that position to know what it is you're doing. Oh, so definitely. Tell me if you don't if you don't know what you're doing. You got to let me know. All right, Ralph. 
If I were to pick up the phone right now mm -hmm. and ask your most recent boss about their experience with you, what do you think they'd say? They'd probably crack a joke really quick and they'd say, oh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> no, I can honestly say that they're going to speak highly of me. They're, they'll be amazed on, on the connections that I have with the, the different individuals. They know I won't say no as far as you know an assignment that, that's handed to me. I'm, I'm always up for a challenge. All right, Ralph, is there anything else that you'd like to share with the, the listeners or anything you want to add? Please don't be mad at me because I'm a Boston <laughs> Celtics fan, yeah. a Cowboy fan. Yeah, take it easy on them, guys. And then also a, a Yankee fan. Oh, no. Yeah, you see you driving the knife even deeper right. and deeper. I'm yeah. just going deep. No, <laughs> no, definitely, in all seriousness, I, I do appreciate every single person out there. I think everybody's very, very important, every yeah. single person out there, no matter what position you are or what position you have. Um, from the lowest level to the highest, I think we're all equal no matter what. Um, safety is definitely important. I'm extremely grateful and blessed to, have, to be with the city of Lake Elsinore. A lot of thanks to, you know, to my bosses. Definitely... A lot of thanks to all the special districts, the cities, first responders, everybody out there. And a big thanks to you yeah. for having me here. That's, that's great. It's an honor. First yeah. time I've ever done this. Hopefully, you know, I take more stars away from yeah. Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, well, Ralph, I, like I said earlier, I really appreciate you doing this. I know you're a busy man. So, um, you know, it means a lot for you to come in and sit down with us, you know, take time out of your day for us. So definitely appreciate that. Well, there you have it. If you don't already, you can go to the City of Lake Elsinore website where, where we mentioned earlier is to make that basic emergency supply kit. I think it's super helpful. So you haven't already, go for it because uh, there is no rest for the wicked. You know, stay prepared. That's the scoop. Thanks for spending the time with us today. And remember, progress is always under construction.